Hello again, my good friends, and this is Dan Jones with a quiet talk for you. After the victory of King Asa's father over Jeroboam, Chronicles tells us that the land had rest for 10 years. After the previous wars, Judah enjoyed a time of peace. Asa took this opportunity to purge the land of idolatry. He tore down the pagan altars and commanded the people to seek the Lord and follow his law. He then strengthened the defenses of the nation. And it says, because of their faithfulness to God, they enjoyed peace and prosperity. But there will always be a test. And a test came to Asa and his kingdom. They were attacked by Ethiopia, who came against them with a million-man army outnumbering Judah almost two to one. What was Asa's response? When he led his army out to face the masses of invaders, we are told that Asa cried out to God. Here's what he said. O Lord, there is none like you to help between the mighty and the weak. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rely on you. And in your name we have come against this multitude. O Lord, you are our God. Let not man prevail against you. Asa acknowledged that there was no greater power than the God of Israel. He cried to God for help against this massive army. We come against them in your name, O God. You are our God. Don't let man prevail against you. What a great prayer. Notice that he was concerned, first of all, for God's reputation. He didn't say, don't let the Ethiopians prevail against me. He said, don't let man prevail against you. He wanted God to be glorified. And glorified he was. Not only did they successfully defend their nation against the invaders, but Judah completely wiped out this army of one million. In the process, they extended their power in the region and took great spoil home with them. After this victory, God sent a prophet to King Asa. Here is what the prophet said. Asa The Lord is with you while you are with him. Think about that. The Lord is with you as long as you are with the Lord. He then said, if you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. It seems Asa took this prophecy to heart. He doubled down on the cleansing of the land from idol worship. He made repairs to the altar of the Lord and called the nation to a great time of worship and sacrifice before the Lord. He led the people to make a covenant to seek God with all their heart and all their soul. At this time, many people from the northern kingdom, the tribes that had split off from Judah in the days of Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, came down to join up with them because they saw that God was with Asa in the kingdom of Judah. From the day of this great spiritual commitment on the part of King Asa and the people of Judah and those who came down from the north, there was 20 years of peace. 
it would be nice to just pull the curtain down right there. But there's more to the story. In the 36th year of Asa's reign, the northern kingdom of Israel under King Basha came down to attack Judah. You would think that after all Asa had been through, after all that he had accomplished with the help of God, that he would know just what to do. But instead of again calling out to God for deliverance, he turned to the help of man. He took silver and gold out of the house of the Lord and sent it to the king of Syria, paying him to break his alliance with Basha, Ben-Hadad, the Syrian king, then attacked some of the northern cities of Israel, and Basha withdrew from attacking Judah. It worked. But God was not pleased with Asa. Another prophet was sent to him with this word. Because you relied on the king of Syria and did not rely on the Lord your God, the army of the king of Syria has escaped you. Were not the Ethiopians and the Libyans a huge army with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet because you relied on the Lord, he gave them into your hand. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support to those whose heart is blameless toward him. You have done foolishly in this, for from now on you will have wars. Instead of repenting at the prophet's message, Asa put him in the stocks. At the same time, Asa began to afflict some of his own people. He became cruel. Three years later, he was struck with a severe disease in his feet. And even then, he didn't seek the Lord, but the physicians. Less than two years later, he was dead. How could someone who had seen such great answers to prayer, such great victories, lose his faith like this? I'm not sure, but perhaps it was those long years of peace and prosperity that caused him to cool off spiritually. We don't know how old Asa was, but he was obviously a lot older when he had the test that caused him to trust in man instead of God. Nowadays, we think of our older years as a time to kick back and take it easy. No more work, no more tests. I am at the magic age of 65 right now. I'm not sure who decided that everybody should retire at this age. I guess the designers of Social Security picked 65 because when the program started, the average life expectancy in the United States was around 60. They thought the program couldn't lose. Anyway, we don't think of this age as a time for new adventures. It's a time to rest. And yet, I am currently going through one of the biggest tests of my faith I've ever experienced. I am determined to keep looking to God. The psalmist wrote, Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God. There is no help he said, in a son of man in whom there is no salvation. 
As I do so often, I ask you now to keep my wife and me in your prayers as we try to keep our eyes on Jesus. You know, when you get older, walking becomes a little more difficult. Walking on water is even worse. But there is someone who has long experience strolling across the stormy waves. His name is Jesus. He has assured us that our Heavenly Father knows all of our needs. And He said, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. That word age has begun to stand out to me, by the way. I find myself thinking more about the prayer of David in Psalm 71. O God, you have taught me from my youth and I still declare your wondrous deeds. And even when I am old and gray, O God, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation, your power to all who are to come. I still want to declare God's strength to this generation, which reminds me of what that prophet said to Asa when Asa trusted in man instead of God. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. When I read that, I want to say, hey, God, over here, I'll be that one to whom you show yourself strong. May my heart and may yours my dear friend, stay loyal to God. He has promised never to fail us. Heavenly Father, help us to stay strong in the Lord, to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might, to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and to keep our eyes fixed on You, our hope and our trust and confidence in God Almighty and not in the flesh. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, friends. Those of you who are praying for us on a regular basis, that's really all I'll ever ask of you. I promise that in these quiet talks is that you pray for us. So pray for our work that uh, God has led us to in Schenectady. It's called Bread of Life Anglican Church, and we are meeting on Sundays at 10 o'clock in the morning at 1809 Union Street the corner of Cornelius, and that is the American Legion Hall. And if you're in that area and you don't have a church home, then you would be welcome to be with us. Keep us in your prayers, and we thank you for that. And as always, you can contact me by email at father.danjones at outlook.com. May God richly bless you.